I don't want things. I don't say, oh, I want to do that. I want to do this. It's like, here's this tiny thing right now that I know I should do. And I'm going to go do that. And then what's the next tiny little thing I got to do? I got to go do that. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this week's show, I am joined by Zach Tellender. Zach wears many different hats, but he's probably most known for his YouTube channel, where he makes content about weightlifting, CrossFit, strength in general, everything in between. He has a really good channel. Um, I first came across Zach probably 2017, 2018, right when I got into CrossFit and weightlifting. So I started watching all his videos. And I've been following his journey for quite some time now, so it was cool to get him on the podcast. We got into some tips if you're going to be creating content yourself. Um, We also got into why language and rhetoric is important. We talked about USA Weightlifting Nationals that just happened the last couple weeks. So really good conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's always, um, it's always like interesting and kind of difficult when I'm having somebody on who I know that you have so much content out there and I know you've been on a bunch of different podcasts. So like, I don't want to, you know, ask questions that annoy you, but I think it's kind of cool to just, you know, people who listen to my show might not know who you are, Yeah. but also like some people might've heard part of your story, but not quite the whole Mm -hmm. thing, which I think, uh, I think is cool. Yeah. I think like my, my story is, sorry. My story is like, as far as like becoming a content creator, it's a, it's really long and arduous. It was a long and arduous journey. And it's like a little bit convoluted, but it it all kind of makes sense now that I'm, I'm where I'm at. Um, I've been a part of athletics my entire life. And uh, I, once I graduated college, I just, I felt like I still had some stuff in me. Like I I was a, a division one lacrosse player and after graduating, I felt like this can't be all I have to offer to myself as far as like athletic performance or, you know, strength and fitness goes. So I, like many people in 2013, got on the big fitness trend of CrossFit. And um, that kind of evolved into into weightlifting because weightlifting is a big part of CrossFit. And um, then, then I, I like... I felt as though I was kind of slowly becoming a coach in the gym, even though it wasn't my position. I was just coaching people, helping them out. Then I wanted to get some certifications just in case, you know, and then next thing I know, I'm a full-time CrossFit coach and uh, it's a very weird job. Not many people have that job. It was, I was a salaried coach at like a big gym in Chicago. Um, And I, I just, there was something about, putting in so much effort to get people to snatch and clean and jerk to have not, not much return, right? Like the, the fitness gains from that can be big, but they're likely not going to be unless the person who's doing it has like this kind of hobbyist interest in it. Some people, I mean, I personally, like I will take CrossFit classes now, not because I'm interested in it, not because I care about it, but because I feel like it gives me a really good stimulus. Like I can, uh, I, I, you know, it helps me burn calories. It helps me feel like I worked really hard. Whereas before it was like, I'm trying to get my Fran score better or whatever. And I felt like that never really existed for a majority of the population that I was coaching in weightlifting. And what I would do is I would develop this, this process to coach these people who didn't really care. And in doing so, I kind of created my own methods of teaching the snatch and the clean and jerk. And like, I, I'm not kidding you. I te- I taught like thousands, like probably a thousand people how to snatch and clean and jerk over the, those two years. Like, because I just, I wanted to, to solidify this, but I was getting tired of coaching CrossFit. So I wanted to get into strength and conditioning in the collegiate field. So I got an internship at uh, Northwestern University. I was there for a year 
<clears throat> I started helping out with with um, with teams, and then slowly started like coaching them in the weight room and helping out with with the uh, head strength coaches. Got a, a an apprenticeship at uh, Texas A and M University, <clears throat> and. I started to kind of realize like, you know, maybe, maybe strength and conditioning isn't, isn't the exact route I want to go because it doesn't allow me the freedom of that a sport coach would have. So a sport coach controls the team, teaches them, whatever that team is, teaches them the skills and, and trains that team. And then the strength and conditioning coach is completely supplementary to that process. Um, They don't, their, their job, I don't like to say it's not as important, but you know what? I'll just say that. I'll say it's it's not as important. And I, I just wanted to expand into the freedom of pursuing a sport for what it is. I can be, when I join weightlifting, when I coach weightlifting, I can be the sport coach and the strength and conditioning coach. That's the job of a weightlifting coach is you have to teach the skills of the snatch and the clean and jerk. And then you have to get the athlete stronger and more prepared to snatch and clean a jerk. So I, so I got really into that. And it, about that time, I, I, I stopped working at Texas A&M. I got a, 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 um, a personal training uh, job at Gold's Gym, which is definitely a step down. Like I was way too qualified <laughs> for that job. Uh, but at that time, one of my friends was like, you should check out YouTube. Like, I was, I, I thought of YouTube as just like a, a place where there were viral clips or like it, people uploaded things there so people could watch them. But I didn't really understand like the YouTuber thing. So like 2016 was when like becoming a YouTuber like really exploded. Guys like Casey Neistat and, and, and things like that. And then you had the gamers who would sit in front of their computer and, and do commentary and things like that as well. And I didn't understand that that was a thing. So what I started to do was I started to make vlogs. And at that time, I was like kind of getting back into CrossFit. And these vlogs were just, they were just terrible. Um, and I, I, I posted them to Reddit and the CrossFit Reddit kind of destroyed me. But one person said something is like, well, you don't, you come into this thing expecting us to care. And it's like, you, you know, you're not like a model you're not like so attractive, like a model. You're not amazing at CrossFit. Like you're, you're not a regional level games level athlete. You haven't really given us any goals. It's just you like working out and talking. And that, that sucked to hear, but it was the truth. But the one thing the person said was, what are you good at? Like, what are you so good at that you can help us out? And I was like, that's it. That's it. Weightlifting. I have a methodology that I need to explain to the world. So I deleted all of those vlogs. They will never see the light of day again. And I, and I made my first weightlifting like tutorial and it's like uh, three mistakes in the snatch. And I remember it got like a little over a thousand views. And then um, I used to get emails every time a, a new subscriber would come and I got like 25 emails and it was like the greatest feeling ever. And I was like, you know, I could really lean into this thing. So I made a video every single week and here I am five, six years later, you know, with 165,000 subscribers. And it, it's been a crazy journey throughout that whole process. Um, <clears throat> but to put, to put a long story short, um, I would have never, ever seen myself doing what I'm doing today, but uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love that story. And I'm sure we'll get into uh, jujitsu a little bit later. But I almost feel like, you know, your story, when people look at you now, like they see, I mean, this is what I see, I see somebody who's successful uh, on social media on YouTube, you've, you've, you know, amassed a big subscriber count, you go to weightlifting meets, you're well known. But it's a lot of I mean, it's a lot of the process, like you said, putting out a video every single week. And I think a lot of people don't want to hear that. It's like, hey, you don't take breaks for four, five, six years on end, and then maybe you'll be successful. And there's a chance that you could have done that and nothing would have happened either. Yeah, like the the 
the best saying that I could say is, is just have low expectations and high standards and low expectations are, is literally if one person likes what I do, I want to try to make that into two people, right? It's the same thing. If, if I can back squat five pounds, I want to make that into six pounds. Uh, and that, that allows you to be much more process oriented than I I've never been goal oriented. I don't think I've never had like a goal. I just, I can't think about it. I have like little goals, like, yeah, it'd be nice to do that thing or whatever, but I have these like little benchmarks that I see, I see my improvement and I see what got me there. So I want to repeat that. I just, that's all, that's always been my process. And I think when people get involved in YouTube, they, I don't know that they think too big, but here's another thing. Like it takes experimentation. You know, I listened to what that guy said on Reddit and I, and I used some sort of knowledge of myself. Like I, I was self-aware enough to be like, wait, there is this thing I can give to the world and, and people may like it. And that actually happened. So then I kept doing that. And then I would experiment here and there with a bunch of other things. Um, and, and so like, yeah, like just getting into, into this, whatever you want to call this, being a creator, podcaster, it's, it is absolutely a grind, but you just don't put so much pressure on yourself. You know, as long as there's something out there that allows you to think, man, I, I am improving in some way. Um, that's all that you could ever ask for. And I mean, you've done a lot of sports too, like like lacrosse, weightlifting. They're they're progress oriented sports. So like, what what's on the bar matters. If um you know, getting a scholarship mattered to you, you know, it's hard to like ha say you know you have a process oriented mindset when you're doing results based things all the time. Yeah, well, I honestly I um. I think that the team sports that I did my entire life, I, I never did, like I did swimming very, very competitively until I stopped. I was, I, I hated it compared to, you know, lacrosse, basketball, football, baseball. Um, and I never really was process oriented in the team sports because it was just kind of like show up to practice and do what you do. And Whatever it was that I did, I did it really well. I was a very good athlete. And that didn't, like, I wasn't very active in my process. And I kind of regret that, like, slightly. Like, I wish I had kind of my mindset now that than I did when I was playing football and lacrosse and basketball. I, I might have done more uh, training. I might have, you know, had, had these process-oriented goals. You almost need result-based feedback to to have some sort of process in the first place that's why weightlifting was such a relief for me i can't come from a sports i come from team sports and you know you could say wins you know wins and and, and that but it's a team so it's hard to judge how much your control and your impact and your improvement makes that much of a difference to the team and it's hard to say like Oh, I had 10 points this game in basketball. Uh, I want to get 12 to the next game because you could have a different defender or you could have less playing time. There's a bunch of different factors. Mind you, that's, I guess, process needs to be boiled down differently in that scenario. You should probably think like, I want to be able to make 100 jump shots in a row, right? So like for me, if, I, if I'm on the gun, you know, the basketball gun, where like shoots the balls out at you and you catch and you shoot, you know, if I take 20 shots and I make 11 of them, well, I should really work on taking 20 shots and hitting 12 of them and taking my sport and separating it into a results-based sport in your training. That would be the best way for me had I known this or thought this way to go back and pursue team sport. But with weightlifting, I knew the goal. I mean, it was more weight, more weight. That's it. And, and so for me, I guess where that becomes cloudy is the high, high expectation. So I remember vividly, I was like snatching a little over 200 pounds um, and I was good. Like I was moving well. And like, there was, there was some talent there, like 
I knew what I was doing when I was snatching. I knew what I was doing when I was cleaning and jerking. So 200 pounds, like 90 kilos, something around that, that area. And, uh, I remember there was a guy, another CrossFitter, and he just did 125 kilos off the blocks. And I just, all I thought was like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Like, that's really strong. That's really strong. And that was it. That was it. I never thought about it again. I never was like, I want to do that. I want to snatch 125. It was always like, well, I'm snatching 200 now. I want to snatch 201 later. And, and go on to, you know, four or five years later, I snatched 143 or 315 off uh, from the floor. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I've done sets of two at 125, but never in my life was that a goal. Never, I, I just, maybe that's just my own inner talk, but I just, I'm not the biggest, like set your goals and pursue them. It's like, for me, I'm very much into linguistics. I'm very much into, to rhetoric and self-talk. And it's like, I've always, I, I just, I can't talk like that because I don't mean it. I don't mean it. I don't want things. I don't say, oh, I want to do that. I want to do this. It's like, here's this tiny thing right now that I know I should do. And I'm going to go do that. And then what's the next tiny little thing I got to do? I got to go do that, if that makes sense. So it's like, yeah, to your point, results, we see results. And it's like, could be really negative on our minds. But only if you allow it. Only if that's the way that you talk to yourself. And only if that's the way that you pursue your training. Yeah, and I mean, even if you go back to the Reddit thing, like a lot of people would put something out on Reddit and then somebody says, you know, you're not giving us any value. Like, what's the whole point of this? And they're like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to be putting vlogs out anymore. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to quit. And you took it as, hey, this is kind of, yeah, this sucks in the moment to hear that, you know, I'm not providing any value. But like, wait, where can I provide value? And and I think a lot That's of self-awareness. Just, yeah. 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 I think a lot of people would have just said, you know what? Fuck it. Like I, I what am I going to bring to it? You know, I, I've actually, I figured this out and um, I've helped a creator a lot. His name is uh, Cesar Flores. Um, he goes by weightlift czar. I don't know, like czar, <laughs> like Russian czar, but it's C-Z-A-R. Um, and he's on Instagram and he's on TikTok and he's actually blown up a little bit on both of them. And I I say to him, I'm like, Hey, if you, I feel from my perspective, the way, when I talk with you, you have thoughts and things you want to say that are powerful. And I believe them and I am here for them. And I, I like totally bias aside that I'm friends with you. They're interesting. Okay. So put those online, put those things and and be able to to put it in a way that is palatable and fast and give don't like the last thing you want is to take whatever your idea is whatever your thing is and and it is very interesting and it is very cool but you deliver it in a shitty method it's like if you have really good ramen okay and you pack the ramen in one bowl by the time it gets to the place where you're delivering it to it's all soggy Right. You want to take the ramen, separate it out and separate the broth so that you can deliver it and the person can enjoy the fresh noodles the way they're supposed to be enjoyed. That's how content should be with whatever your message is. But I think the main thing is whatever that message is, it takes it takes discussing with other people in 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 my experience. It takes discussing with other people that thing and having a passion and having a thesis beyond what you're saying, because then you now know the direction of what you want to say in your message. Cause that's all we're doing is just delivering messages to people. So for me, it was like, okay, like here's a, here's an example. When I wanted to make my first weightlifting based video, I said, I always had this discussion. I was like, CrossFit teaches and, and weightlifting, a lot of weightlifting coaches teach this very nuanced style of lifting to beginners. And where that leads many times is this fault, okay? What I am going to give you guys now, the beginner or the advanced or the coach that wants to coach anyone, what I'm going to give you now is going to combat that before it even begins. I have said that exact thing to like a hundred people because I was so interested in it. I was like, 
if anyone wanted to talk weightlifting with me, I would talk with them. And then when I came time to making that video, it was the easiest shit ever because all I had been doing was talking about it for a hundred to to a hundred different people. My, I, I actually, this is again, it just makes sense. My my father is a sports writer, and um, not just like your average sports writer, but a very very well educated like. You know, he could have been like a college literature professor, you know, like he he's incredibly well read and he was a jock, but he's like very philosophical and he's very artsy. And what I noticed is every every time we would sit at the dinner table and he would start talking about something. He, a, a great example is one year the Cornell men's basketball team uh, made it to like the elite eight. And he was talking about how. This is the beauty of basketball. You have a bunch of people who are, uh, you know, tier one recruits or, or four-star recruits, and they end up just leaving and going to the NBA after a year of playing for their team. But here's Cornell, all seniors, Ivy fucking league, making it to the finals, right? So he's talking about this. He's super interested in it. The next day I pull out the fucking paper and what do I see? I see exactly what my dad just told me, but written out well, right? It, it, this happened regularly. He would talk to me about what he wanted to, or he would just talk, 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 and then he would write it. And that was the content that he would deliver to people. So ultimately for anyone, even yourself, man, like you have to have the chat and you have to have the general interest in it. And then the delivery method has to be there as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm seriously doing a lot of reflecting, I mean, right now, just uh, on the way I do things. And I think that that's really powerful. Um, do you feel like because of your dad, was that, did you have like a, was that who you were looking up to when, you know, it's time to do a YouTube video, you, you start vlogging? I think a lot of people are like, you know, holding a camera. I mean, that's even scary in itself to, to take your camera outside of your house or your car. But did you have somebody to say like, no, do that. Like, that's cool. No. So, so well to, to talk about my dad's influence on me, he wrote an award-winning, like very legitimate book by the time he was 27. And he did research for this book. Like he went out to Brooklyn. It's called heaven is a playground way ahead of its time, way, way, way ahead of its time. And it was basically these lower end division one, double a programs going and scouting players on the streets. And he would, he slept on some dude's floor in Brooklyn and he would go to the courts and he would mess around. He'd play basketball. He would get interviews and he would take pictures and he did that. And then he wrote a book at 20 fucking seven, you know, and I looked at where I was in 27, still living at my parents' house <laughs> or, or maybe not 27, probably like 25, 26, whatever. The, the mid twenties for me were tough because I was kind of a, you know, upper middle class, no middle class, uh, middle class white kid who was handed everything. And then after college realized that got me nothing. And I, what I had no sense of self sports were my sense of self. Um, and I always felt, I was like, Oh, like it's not even about me living in my dad's shadow. It's like, I'll never amount to the success of him. Never, you know? And, uh, it didn't, that actually didn't affect me, which was kind of, I, 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 he, I, maybe cause he wasn't that famous, but he was, he got pretty big in the nineties because he was covering the bulls in Chicago. And like, he was, you know, in Michael Jordan's pocket, he was basically talking to Michael Jordan all the time. His, it, it, you know, the paper in the mid nineties in Chicago, like there's not a better job on the face of the earth than to work writing about the bulls in, in Chicago. And because everyone read the paper, that was what you did unless you were in front of a TV screen, but you know, there weren't TV screens anywhere, everywhere. So I, I never was like, it, even though he had that level of fame, I never was like, I have to live up to it or I'm a piece of shit. Right. But what's weird is like slowly this thing started to get bigger. And one day we were out in Chicago. I'll never forget this shit. I'll never forget this moment for the rest of my life. One day I'm walking with my dad in Chicago, downtown. And this had happened growing up all the time. 
I would be walking with my dad. They would stop him. They go, you're Rick Tellender. Oh my God. I love your article. Like talk, want to talk to him sports. Like, you know how sports guys are. They just want to talk sports. <laughs> and one day my dad and I are walking down to Chicago and they pull me aside and say, Hey, you're Zach Tellender. And my dad's jaw was to the floor. Like he, he, he needed to pick it back up. And I, we were just laughing our asses off on it. Never, ever did I expect that that would ever happen. Never. But uh, yeah, it's just his influence on me is more about the rhetoric and language and use of language, which is so fucking vital. It's so vital, not just for, for content, but for life. And And so that's his influence. It was never like... Oh, I got to live up to him. I think, I think the second part of your, your, your question was a, a little bit different. It was more about like starting, right? Like being nervous and starting. And I think don't start unless you know who you are or what you're about. Don't fucking start and try to, if, if figuring your life out is what you're about, then, then you can start and that can be what your content is about, but you have to know how to talk about it. You have to know how to be it. So like, dude, what's a, what's a topic of conversation that you have had with someone where you got pretty passionate about and you have some, some in-depth different thesis theses. Um, I mean, I feel like weightlifting, that's definitely been something I've been passionate about for the last so, couple of years. So what specifically about weightlifting do you do you have an issue with? Or maybe That's you good. Have... I like that. I can definitely talk on this because you I mean USA weightlifting. Like right. what I am a, what about them? Sure. So I was watching Nationals was last week. I mean there was live streams of A sessions that were not having commentary. I mean, you're you're looking at some of the best weightlifters in the United States, and it's a YouTube video with no commentary. Nobody knows what's going on. There's there's not that many people watching, but there's a decent amount of people watching, and there's nothing. So, what's your thesis then? I mean, there needs to be more content surrounding weightlifting. So, could you evolve that then to like USA weightlifting is is inept? in their promotion of uh, their own sport and their own people because of one, two, and three. And then you would apply those examples, the live stream not being up, their content creation being you know, an issue, this, 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 boom, you have a video. Yeah. You, have, you have something you wanna talk about, right? That is process for 99% of the things that you're going to do in this world. Piece of information comes at you, make your observation, make your thesis, give me examples of your thesis, send it out. I cannot tell you there's been nothing more valuable in my life than those expository, I think it's called expository or explanatory uh, essays. Do you remember when you were little and, and your teacher taught you, okay, we need your topic, your thesis statement, your three paragraphs, like the three things that you're going to talk about. And then the closing statement, which is kind of uh, similar to the topic. And that's going to be your first paragraph. Then your second paragraph is going to be example number one that you listed in your topic in your first paragraph. Third paragraph is example number two. Fourth paragraph is example number three. And then fifth paragraph is closing. We wrote so many of those from like second to eighth grade. Do you not remember that? Yeah, for sure. Right. That is so applicable to everyday life. You know, like they, that was that's the value of of education that I've seen. And I use that every day. I'm, I'm currently writing something right now. And it's about the difference between form and technique and how people's understanding of form or misunderstanding of form actually creates too convoluted of a system for beginners. Um, and what I'm doing is opening three examples, closing, and I'm going to read that via voiceover, like on GarageBand into my microphone. And then I'm going to put videos over the top of it. And that's going to get views on my channel. Like that's anyone does. Anyone can fucking do that. You know, how do you start doing that? 
And what is your goal going forward or not goal? What is your minor thing that you're going to march towards every single time? So, I mean, you said like, don't start. It, it's funny because you think people would say, and I, I've said this before on the podcast, like you should, I think you should get started like, and figure it out. Like, but yes, that's what I was saying. That's the second part of it. I, I guess saying don't start unless you know who you are is too blanket because immediately after I said, if you're <laughs> going to figure it out, at least like um, instead of making thesis, like sometimes I'll make a thesis and it's more of an inference or like a uh, it's it's just kind of like, hey, this is a thought experiment. Do that, but but have a structure to that. So you can start without knowing exactly who you are or what you want to say entirely. But at least you have to know how to talk about that. Right. It's all about discussion. It's I, I cannot tell you like the next time you. You, Angelo, talk to somebody about something that you're very interested in. Remember what you said and remember how passionate you were about that. Now try to write it down, then make a video out of it or or bring it up in podcasts or whatever that may be. That's what that's what it's about. That doesn't take much effort. You know, there's something to be said about somebody who's passionate about something and just starts, but at least they know what they're going to get at rather than being like, just start. Don't be afraid. Cause I think what you're saying is people are afraid to put themselves out there to yeah, be vulnerable. That's fair. So, so in, in, in seeing that you're going to say, start, no one cares, go do it. And that's, I would say that's separate from what I'm saying, right? Like have like value yourself, value the content that you want to make, but be something, be something because you are something, right? Like you have to, you have to have some stance on something. This, this example of USA weightlifting is, and your issues in it is perfect. That is you. That's you, Angelo. Right. That didn't take any effort. That didn't take, you know, that, that didn't, doesn't take away from your ability to just go and start, but you know where you're going to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like, uh, I mean, having, I mean, like people say, like, start with the end in mind. That's like a, you know, a cliche, but I think there is some value in that. Like looking at, where are you going to take this thing? But I don't know. It's like. No, what? no, 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 no. Look, if it's again, this is comes down. This comes down to like rhetoric or, or, or like the language you use. The end, some might say, is the goal. OK, but again, we're talking about process here. It's more about knowing like what you're going to do in that process. That's what I'm saying. It's like knowing what you're going to do while you're doing it. That's like that self-awareness part of it that we were talking about a little bit before. Mm -hmm. Like, like I wasn't self-aware when I made those vlogs at all. And I, and I started, I wasn't afraid, but that didn't make me successful. And I would have never been successful, but I started I was totally okay with making myself vulnerable for the internet. So like all I'm doing is kind of challenging that a little bit and being like, Hey, no fucking give yourself a little bit more grace, but do not on the other side of that, do not just try to be a perfectionist. And if you're like, I want to get to this point, right? This is the end point. And if I don't do this thing, right, I'm probably not going to get there. So I might not just, I won't even start. Right. That is the worst thing. We don't want that as creators. We don't want other creators to. To stop themselves before they begin. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, man, I feel like um, I mean, this is like a almost like a therapy session for me. I didn't know it was going to turn into this. <laughs> no, this is one I'm going to I'm going to look, look 
and uh, listen back on and I think really take a lot away from this. But uh, what was your take on Nationals? Like, I know you were there. You know, I'm just so happy to be there, like, and, and see all these people. Like, it's just for me, it's like I'm it's like I'm at this reunion, but also I'm at a theme park. It's, it's this, this overwhelming feeling of joy. All the coaches that I know, all the athletes that I know, I'm coaching my own athletes, getting fired up, going on the platform, lifting in the training hall. It's just a display of what we are so goddamn passionate about. So I just don't have any issues. Like I just don't. And I understand I think if I was going to criticize USA weightlifting, um, yeah, I would say, you know, they don't do a great job of promoting their sport, but it's not as much promotion. Again, it has to take it. It would have to come from somebody like me or somebody like you, who's just like, so into this sport and, and wants to create content and, and wants to watch it grow. Ultimately, that's what, USA weightlifting needs all the organization problems and things like that. Like, yeah, that's, there, there's no excuse. Like live streaming is so easy. And you know, one, one problem that I had was I'm a commentator uh, usually on some of those sessions, but this year they had like a big process to becoming a commentator. Like uh, they wanted to standardize commentary. We, we were, you know, we took videos and we would have to like take a quiz and and things like that and i understand that i actually kind of i liked it because it's good there's good to have a basis of rules but for me it's like i'm busy i've got a coach i'm making content i'm just not going to do it this year like i'm, I'm not going to do commentary however if they were like hey zach you want to pick up the headset and talk about this a session i've been like fucking hell yeah dude i will provide so much entertainment for people watching so you know they're trying to set these they're trying to pinpoint all these things down and they're shutting down opportunity. And that's just like marketing 101. Like you're, you just, they're not very self aware. And um, yeah, that that's definitely where I feel like your point before might be legitimate, but from my perspective, when I'm there, I'm just so happy, man. I'm so into it. I'm so involved. It's, it's, it's like, I, I couldn't help. I couldn't think about a negative thing one time when I was there. Yeah, I remember last year, though, you did do commentary on some of the sessions. I, I did. It was, it was either Maddie or Kate. I think it was Maddie. Maddie's. But, but I remember you being so – you wanted her to hit the weight so much, and you could hear it. You could hear it in the commentary. Weightlifting doesn't have that. Like no. there's There's nobody who – you know – for a female, 71 kilos, 76, I forget what she was last year, but to 140 kilos, 308 pounds, that's insane. Yeah, there's there's no, I mean, there's no jokes. There's no emotion. There's, it, it's, it's, you know, drying things out is what people do with bureaucracy. It's like, and that's kind of, it's usually inevitable. Um, And that's. That's a problem. It's a tiny sport, man. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny sport. And it's hard, like a, in, a, in a beautiful, in, a, in, in the best scenario for a live stream of nationals, you have really high res cameras and you have announcers who are, are characters and they can give flavor and they can give things to watching this sport happen because it is such a wonderful sport how have you so i know you got into jiu-jitsu the last couple of years how have you maintained the passion for weightlifting when you're not competing as much anymore uh i don't i don't know you know for me the the biggest part of it was just for me to snatch 150 kilos and clean and jerk over 180 kilos or 185 kilos uh, you know, weighing in at 120 kilos body weight and not really having a life outside of that. Like it just didn't seem very interesting to me anymore. Um, you know, and that, that's the moment where I was like, you know how I said, after I graduated college, after playing sports my whole life, I felt like, is this all I have to offer as far as athletics go? And 
I think at age 31, the intensity of which I was training, that was kind of it. That was where I was kind of like, you know, I can move on from this. I'm still pushing myself in the gym and in jujitsu otherwise, you know, uh, but the motivation to be around weightlifting and to love it, it's the same as it always was. I just think it's an amazing sport. And I coach some of these guys and, um, I, I love talking to people about weightlifting and I love the community. So, so that, that didn't really change much, whether I was competing or not. And oddly enough, like, I just don't really get the itch to compete. I don't know. I just don't have that drive really. So was it hard to lose it? Not really, man. Not really. I, I, you know, YouTube, it's like I switched from competing in YouTube to now competing or sorry, competing in, in weightlifting to now competing in YouTube, you know? And, and that's my, that's my training. That's where I drive. That's like what I'm driving towards. That's where I'm going hard. And I love it, you know, and then maybe there'll be a point where I'm not going to love it so much. And, um, you know, because you get the rewards, you get the benefits, you get the views or whatever that may be from the effort that you put in. And, And sometimes you don't, and it's the same thing in everything. But if you keep driving, the possibility remains. And um, that's for sure going to get old for me. I don't know when, but hopefully I'll be on to the, to the next thing. Um, and it may be a similar vein. Maybe it's probably going to be content driven. It might be podcasting, whatever that may be, but I'm usually going to be the same person, you know, like who I am changes in certain aspects, stays the same in the others. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it definitely didn't hurt me to, to just not want to be competing anymore. It was also just kind of like, I didn't really like weighing that much. <laughs> it was as simple as that. I didn't, and, and not really like wanting to go out and do other things. So. Yeah. I think anybody who's an athlete, it's hard to let go. And like you said, you're still competing at something. It's just not in athletic pursuit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I might compete a little bit more here and there in jujitsu. I don't know. Um, it is tough though. Like I took a little break from jujitsu recently cause I hurt my knee, but for, for some reason I could like weightlifting didn't hurt it at all. So I was just doing weightlifting a lot more and more. And then my numbers start going up in weightlifting and it's like, wow, this is really fun again. Um, and then I go back to jujitsu and it's fun. But then I wake up in the morning and my back is killing me, you know, and it's not a bad thing. Like there's really if you if you do jujitsu in the gi specifically, your low back has to take the brunt of the force. If you're going to play the play guard at all, Um, that's just how it works. Your legs are your protectors. So if your legs are up here, the thing that's going to get a lot of stress is your low back naturally. So then you go into the weight room and you lift like shit. And you're like, God damn, you know, it's like this, this thing you got to balance and that's ego over everything. Like, why do I have to lift this much weight, you know, to, to, to then be upset that I can't lift it anymore, you know? So I have to be able to, to let go of that joy that the numbers give me that little ego boost that they give me so that I can pursue jujitsu and, and do other things. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's how jujitsu is falling into my life as, as of right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I noticed that quickly. Like I, I got into it and probably the first, the first week I was more sore than I've ever been in my, my entire life could barely walk like my back. I was putting heating pads on. It was just, I never had experienced grappling or wrestling, anything like that. And I was like, oh my God, I can't even lift at all. Like I, I was having trouble cleaning 60 kilos because I was like, I just can't engage anything on on my backside. And then, you know, it turned into like, hey, what's what's weightlifting going to look like going forward? I, I enjoy this other thing. And I know Jordan Peterson talks about like, you don't get to pick what you're interested in. But when you're interested in something, like go explore that, take a look at it go further in that and i talked about it last week like if if you're good at something 
even if you you're not interested in it anymore, like you can let that go. Right. Right. And I think that's really hard. Like that was hard for me at least to kind of let go of weightlifting in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think the interest can decline in things that you're interested in just because of the sheer fact that you're around it so much, you know? Um, and so that played in a lot to it, to weightlifting, but it takes little exposures to going to nationals to refresh me. Like it refreshed me. It was like, wow, this sport still fucking rocks, you know? Um, and, and as far as pursuing jujitsu goes, that was just, you know, it was like, I could go back to, to CrossFit if I want to lose weight again, or, or, or get like, you know, burn the calories, or I could learn a new skill and learn a new place and be in a new place. Like I was never a martial artist growing up. A lot of these people, they did Taekwondo and karate, and they just love like martial arts. Me, it was just team sports or nothing growing up. And, uh, so it is cool to be a part of a martial art now, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, it's just, it's just stuff you got to mentally ba balance. It's not as much the physical, right? Because if you, if you allow yourself to not be physically as good as you can be in some things, if you allow that to happen and not be affected by it, it's there, it's a non-factor. It's a non-issue. But if I go to the gym and I go, oh man, I couldn't even split jerk 140 today. That sucks. And that gets in my head, then yeah, I'm having less of a fun time, right? But I should go there and be like, who cares? Who cares I didn't do it, you know? Uh, I do jujitsu, I, I make videos, I do all these different things. I shouldn't be affected by that. Yeah, man. It's it's hard to, I mean, anybody, athlete, like to to kind of, I mean, that's, it wasn't even a thing like like mental training and like process-oriented I remember I got into I read this book called The Mental Mental Conditioning for Baseball and it was my junior year. So I just got started too late. Like that process oriented one of the biggest things I read from that was like so what next pitch. So anything you do in the past doesn't matter. Weightlifting, mm -hmm. any it can transfer to anything in life. Like the last podcast, last video you did, it sucked whatever. You're on to the next thing. And I didn't, I didn't know any of this when I was playing baseball. And it kind of sucks looking back because it's like, damn, how far would I have gotten if you knew that? Yeah, and I, I would say um, the, the far future doesn't matter either. You got, you got no control over that shit either. You get mm -hmm. hit by a car. But the likelihood of getting a hit by a car as you step up to the plate for your first swing is low. So you can say, hey, I got to focus on my swing this swing right here this at bat but not this just this at bat this pitch that's coming at me right you strike out so what right I, I like that a lot that's forgetting about the past and that's moving forward but i think the most success i've ever had was i was in the back room warming up for a snatch and i had to go out and open at 134 kilos and that made me very nervous but i sat down in the back room i said no all i have to do is snatch the bar so i went up I snatched the bar. I sat back down. My coach loaded on 15 kilos on both sides. Now I say, all I have to do is snatch 50 kilos. That's it. My day's over. I go up, I snatch 50 kilos, I sit down. They put on 70 kilos. All I gotta do is go snatch 70 and so on and so forth. And every rep, I was like, fuck, that was awesome. That was so great. I had, I'm, I'm killing it back here. Next thing I know, I hit 130 in the back room. I go out and I hit 134 out on the stage, right? That is not only am I forgetting about my past, but I'm, I very narrowly laser focused my future on the direct future that I do have control over. There is a portion of the future that you can, you can expect to have control over, but beyond that you can't. And you have to find where that is and you have to attack what that is, the small, processes that we talk about if you want to be process oriented and not so much long goal oriented yeah a lot i mean a lot of people have a problem with that like you're you're thinking and even think about like your heavy days when you're going to max out your pr session you're thinking about that all day it's yeah. like i gotta i gotta hit this pr and it's today's going to be a failure if i don't hit it yeah and that's all you're thinking about instead of you know walking in hey i'm probably going to make the bar 
there there's no doubt in my mind that I'm gonna make that and then I'll move on to 40 50 I'll make that too yeah. kind of see where it goes I love that yep. well what are you focusing on right now like is it just strictly YouTube or what do you oh, kind of got coming up just living with Chris Williamson is like it's it's just it's it's not motivating it's almost like threatening like how how hard he works so for me it's like i'm just i need videos i need to go like i need to work really really hard and this is gonna be very good for me you know um i just i moved we moved into this new house and i'm building out a studio and i just want to make better and better content and and just keep growing in that way and that's my future and it's like just having like i said chris is just wheeling and dealing when he when it comes to content creation like if you think what i'm doing is big time like just wait till you see the likes of him i mean he just he literally just sent me a text a half hour ago and it's just a, a screenshot it says joe rogan is following you right which whatever uh but joe rogan following you means there's eyes on you now and the potential to go on his show is is there and that like no matter what people say about joe rogan or whatever that deal is like people have been on there that changed the fucking world <laughs> like it's the biggest piece of content that anyone could be a part of and that's just that's factual that's not even up for debate um and, and Chris is going to be a part of, or, you know, Chris has a potential to be a part of that. So for me, it's like being in the same house as someone like that. It's just like, fuck, I got to go. I got to, I got to do more. I got to do this, 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 this. So that right now, my near future is that. And I got to tell you, man, my jujitsu has gone down a lot since then. <laughs> the amount of, of weightlifting that I, that I do is, is gone down a lot. Although my numbers have been pretty high recently, which is fun, but uh, yeah, I'm just, I, that's where I'm at. It's like my competition, my training, it's all content driven. That's awesome, man. And where can yeah. people uh, find the YouTube? Is it just Zach Tellender? Yeah. Search Zach Tellender. And then if you guys, if the people listening, like if you want to learn weightlifting, um, I have a playlist, which is just, I think it's just weightlifting tutorials or something. It's one of my playlists for 49 or 50 videos that can teach you you know, day one to advanced weightlifting. And then if you want to get some programming to go alongside that, you can go to patreon.com slash Zach Tellender and that's it. Awesome. I'll get that all linked up in the show notes and thank you again for doing this. And thank you for, you know, deciding to put those first vlogs out there and, and, you know, you change a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. You, you really I, have changed myself as well. So I appreciate well, you having me, man. Absolutely.